Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Let's go ahead and pray again. I can't remember if we prayed, but we'll pray again if we did already. But thank you, Jesus. God, I I pray that this is a message God, that is a transformative message. God, I thank you, Lord, for this year of 2024. And I thank you that you want to crown us this year, that you have a crown to to put over this year, almost like a gift wrap and a nice bow, that you have a crown over this year before we step into 2024. So thank you, Lord, for this word today. I pray that I'm gonna deliver it in a timely manner and, your words, Jesus, and not mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yay. Thank you, worship team. Phenomenal worship. Thank you for leading us. You guys can take a seat. Um, yes, God wants to crown your year. That's a word that I kept feeling for the end of December before we go into 2024. I prophesied about 2024 that it's going to be the year that we soar. Amen. The year that we soar, and uh, but before we just go straight into the next year, and we get all excited about goal setting and vision casting, and which I love, by the way, I love trying to make a like plan a whole trip, and uh, like go to Cabo or somewhere nice, you know, and then you're over by the beach, and that's where just the Lord speaks to me, and then I write it down in my nice new journal. All the great words for 2024. But yes, amen. That's, that's a great word for us, Cabo. Um, so uh, yeah, everyone just take it. Grab Cabo. Um, I grab it. Um, yeah, so before we go into soaring in 2024, God wants to crown this year over us. He wants to crown this year. And did you know that when we get to heaven, uh, God will be giving us crowns, and we get to cast them, our crowns, back to him. So any glory that he's given us that really isn't our glory at all, like the, the whole glory that happens is because we've put faith and trust in him, and we believe in him, and then, oh my goodness, this supernatural thing happened in my life, this blessing happened in my life, and uh, these purposes that I started walking into that I never thought was possible, um, all those things, that's, that's the crown that he gives us, but we actually get to uh, cast it back to his feet, which is so amazing. So when we get to heaven, that's going to be a really fun event that we all get to be a part of. <laughs> It'll be really good. Um, So the title of this message is The Story of Sarah's Crown. The Story of Sarah's Crown. And um, I know it's it's, uh, Christmas season, and it's like, why Sarah? Old Testament, we should be talking about baby Jesus, you know? And, uh, but for those of you, are there people still reading their uh, Bible in a year? So good. And I think we'll be having some for sale soon. Um, so next year we can go into reading our Bible in a year together. And um, 
so yeah, actually everything when we read in the Old Testament is prophesying, foreshadowing. It's writing out the gospel of Jesus that's in the New Testament. So that's a really cool thing. So for those of you, it could be your first time reading Old Testament scripture. You're like, what am I even reading? This, what's happening right now? Um, look for those uh, those amazing the 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 scripture inside where it's foretelling about Jesus. Um, it's a really beautiful thing. And I actually was looking to Sarah because I saw a lot of similarities between her and Mary. So that's why I had my eyes on Sarah. I'm like, what's this connection between Sarah and Mary? So for both Sarah and Mary, obviously Mary is the mother of Jesus. And uh, so for Sarah, uh, they are both mothers of a promised child. Both mothers of a promise. Both were um, had an angel come and tell them about this amazing special kid that they were going to uh, that they were uh, going to have and bear. And um, so, and then Sarah is married to Abraham, the the father of many. So he's known as the exalted father. And so you see similarities between uh, Abraham, which is kind of representing our father God, and uh, you see similarities between Sarah and uh, Mary. And then they had Isaac, Abraham and Sarah had Isaac, which is kind of foretelling some things with Jesus, trying to uh, point, everything points to Jesus in the gospel. So it's kind of a really unique thing, but we're going to look at the story of Sarah, particularly the story of Sarah's crown. So it's going to be really cool. Um, my first point is the birth of, of royalty. We're going to go into the story of the birth of royalty. Did you know that you are actually royal? In 1 Peter 2.9, it says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You are a royal priesthood. And God had in mind this royal priesthood, a, a holy nation, from, uh, this, from the start of Abraham. He had a promise with Abraham and Sarah that they would be the father and mother of, of these amazing nations with great kings. And actually, Jesus came from the lineage of Abraham. And so you are a chosen people. And so we're going to look at this birth of royalty. So... Sarah's crown. Sarah um, wasn't always named Sarah, just like how Abraham was not always named Abraham. She was born with the name Sarai. And uh, Sarai means my princess. So automatically right away, she was born with the title of princess. I'm sure in her room she had crowns everywhere, a crown chandelier, pink everything. And uh, so Sarai means my princess. And uh, so I'm going to share the story of Sarai, who becomes Sarah. And then uh, maybe you can see some uh, similarities in yourself with Sarai's story. And also we can learn from some of the consequences of her life with actions that she took. So uh, Sarai quite literally was beautiful. The Bible says that she 
was so stunning and beautiful. Every city that she walked into, the king of that, of that place uh, wanted to take her in to be his wife. That's how good looking she was. So it's almost like today she would be like the Miss, I don't know, USA Miss Universe uh, when before like men entered the competition, you know, like it was like actually beautiful women and <laughs> that's who she is. And so she looked like a princess and she had everything going for her with her looks. And, uh, and then on top of her ridiculously good looks and winning all the pageants, um, she marries Abram. And Abram is a man with great wealth. So, you know, she's like the trophy wife. And then he has all the wealth. He made his money through uh, silver and gold and livestock. And uh, today he would be considered a billionaire easily. And so she had all the resources for her. She lacked no thing in looks and in uh, financially. She had all, all these things uh, that were presented to her. So this is Sarai, Sarai's life. And then on top of that, if it, it doesn't get, you know, like, anyway, she comes, whenever she goes into a church service, she always gets called out saying, you are set apart. There's a plan for you. It's like, come on, God. Out of all people, you're choosing the, the wealthy one and the one with good looks, and they're getting this word. You know, she's getting it all. It's kind of annoying. <sighs> but, yeah, so she's always, she's getting called out by God, saying that uh, she's the best influential prophetic words in the church is given to her. And he's telling her that I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. So you're going to have, you know, some, some power and some influence with your name. And you shall be a blessing. So, yes, isn't it the worst when somebody who's already beautiful and wealthy gets a, a word like that? It's like, but, but we can all relate, right? We can all relate. <laughs> So Sarah, Sarai is, is living her very best life. Like, how can she not? She has all these things going for her. And she has, um, she has a picture, a vision of where God is taking them. And with great purpose, great significance, great influence, the whole thing. So living her best life until this thing called delay happens in her life. And doesn't that happen to us? We get so pumped. We feel like, oh my gosh, I came into church for the first time. My life is completely radically changed. And I got this word and, and that. And, and God's just changing me. And then you are, you know, stepping into this walk with God and this journey with God. And then the thing that you used to be super excited about and, you know, pumped on life about your first love of Jesus, starts to grow a little dim when delay sets in. And so delay, month after month. So what was, her, what was the delay in her life? In her life, the delay was not having a child because it says that she was going to be the mother of nations. So in order to be a mother, you have to have a child, right? 
And uh, so, you know, they're, they're trying to conceive, trying to have a baby. Month after month goes by. She's all excited, looking at the pregnancy test. What? Negative again? So month after month, it goes by, goes by, goes by. And the disappointment after disappointment. And so not only does that happen month to month, but now it's getting into years upon years. So talk about delay. It is years upon years. And so now, with the years going by, she learns that she has a disability of barrenness. So there's now a doctor's diagnosis for what is going on. Oh, well, you got a disability now. Yeah, sure, God told you this, but here's the actual diagnosis. Here is a disability that you have. You are just, you know, it's just what you have. There's nothing I can say about it. Disability of barrenness. And the hope of the honorable life God promised her starts to grow dim. And so she reaches the point of hopelessness in her life. And uh, feels kind of mocked by God that you called me to be a mother of nations, yet I am barren and I have this disability. I have all these things against me. And so where are you, God? Why didn't you show up? And you know what? I'm just going to stop trusting now at this point. And I'm going to try to put it in my own hands. And, uh, and so Sarai... She came to the point where she found herself more trustworthy than God. That's where everything turned, is that she found herself more trustworthy than God. And I hope that we don't ever get to the point that we can see ourselves more trustworthy than God. But more often than not, don't we have some unbelief like that, that we need to get corrected? Coming to church this morning, that's why God has us here, to get some trust back in him and to take it off of our plate. So what she did is that uh, she had a, a maidservant called Hagar. And so she's, she's done with the trusting with God. It's, you know, I, sure, I had, my name is princess, and I have all of this money around me. I have all the looks for me. And uh, sure, I was set up in an area, in an ecosystem that made me think that I was royalty. But you know what? God is a liar. And I'm going to put this in my own hands. And uh, I'm going to have my servant, Hagar, sleep with my husband. <laughs> Bad call. Hagar, sleep with my husband, and she'll go ahead and conceive a child, and then I'll take that child to, to raise him. And that's how we're going to go about this. All right, God? So, actually, God, you're not even in the picture anymore. So, all right, me? Yes. <laughs> so, Sarai said to Abram, see now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. It's the Lord. He has restrained me, even though he said all these great things. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children from her. And Abraham heeded the voice of Sarai. Typical men. No, I'm just kidding. Sure, you want me to have sex here? All right, fine. No, 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 not good. Um, so it is now 
the scene two of her falling out of trust with God. No, the men of this house, you guys are incredible, have great strength and would never say yes to an offer like that ever. No, you guys are emerge men. And I, so God called her a princess. Sarai, you are my princess. But she stopped acting like the princess that God called her to be. So what happens is, again, like the story I just shared, she put it in her own hands and gave Hagar over to her husband. And Hagar uh, has a child named Ishmael. And uh, so then now... Because God isn't in the picture, she's starting to, uh, all these, these bad things from turning away from God are starting to emerge from her spirit. And, uh, and so she starts becoming abusive to Hagar. And why is she abusive? Because she doesn't have her sight on God anymore. She doesn't have her sight on things that are promised to, you know, come before her. And um, so now she's just seeing the circumstances of where she's at. And she's seeing Hagar. And she's saying, for all these years, I was trying to conceive. And then you bear a child? You? The jealousy and the turning and the abusiveness that now, you know, and, and it, was, it was Sarai's idea, you know. It was her idea, but she's now caught up in this mess of dysfunction because of her choosing to not trust in God. And so uh, she's abusive to Hagar. And, uh, and then she starts blaming her own husband. And like I said, this was her idea, but she's like, do you know what? I'm going to put the blame on Abram. This is his fault. He said yes to sleeping with my servant. This is all him. I put all the blame on him. And uh, yes, as one does. And, um, and so here's an interesting thing that when we serve people, when we serve you really see who people are when you serve them. Have you noticed that? That when you become close with people and when you start to serve them, uh, or, you know, just you really get to see what's in a person. You really get to see when you're out at a restaurant how somebody treats the person that's serving you. If the person is treating their waitress poorly and it's like, oh, they, they didn't do this and my food didn't come out on time, I'm going to give them like a 5% tip and I'm going to write in there how horrible they were too. You know, like you get to actually see, um, you get to see some of the ugliness in people or you get to see the gold in them and how they serve people and uh, do they serve people in a godly way do they come to church one way acting like oh yeah praise jesus hallelujah and everything's all good but then they walk out to their business or or whoever and and walk out to serve and then it's just things have gotten ugly things have gotten poor it's a poverty mindset as opposed to generosity and uh, so anyway you start to, you'll, yeah, you'll never see who people really are until you start to serve them. So Sarai just becomes this angry, bitter, dysfunctional, dysfunctional, dishonorable person. So let me ask you, do you see yourself in Sarai's story? Do you have everything going well on the outside, but on the inside there's something barren? 
Do you remember God speaking to you, giving you hopes and dreams about your future? Maybe you're waiting for your healing, a family member to know Jesus, breakthrough in finances, waiting on the love of your life to come, waiting on a child, etc., etc. And like Sarai, the weight has distanced yourself from God and has caused unbelief to creep in into your life. Do you celebrate or despise others who got their blessing before you? Do you ever blame the leaders in your world for the dysfunction you caused? <laughs> Has your excitement for life turned to anger and resentment? Do you actually see the blessings that are surrounding you or have you gotten tired of those blessings and you, you stopped seeing them? Do you fall out of trust with God? Are you living in a prison when you should be living in the place of royalty? Letting your king provide for you, living in God's kingdom. But are you in a prison that you created for yourself of unbelief? And so what's crazy is despite all of Sarah's shortcomings, God comes back to remind her again about the promises to them. How good is God that we can turn into an ugly person like Sarai became, and yet God still in his mercy because he is faithful. He didn't lie when he first came to us. Um, he comes back even in our dysfunction, even when we don't look the same as we did before. I came to church, I fell in love with God, and now I'm, I'm not in the church anymore. I just, I despise the leaders, I reject the people, all these things. I'm hurt, I'm offended. How many times, yet God still runs after us. He still has a plan for you. He hasn't forgotten about you. And so I'm going to read uh, some verses here in Genesis. It kind of skips around, but it's in Genesis 17. Uh, this is the promise, again, that God reminds them of. And here's what he says when he's coming back to remind. No longer shall your name be called Abram. So here's where we're going to start seeing a name change. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. Not I will make you. God says I have made you. And that's what he says over us. He has made you, not will, but we're actually, you know, we need to lean in into what he says and trust. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. Then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be called a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Talk about delay. He was a hundred years old. And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? But my covenant, I will establish Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time uh, next year. So she was past the age of childbearing. She's 90 years old. Her husband is 100. 
And God still reminds them, remember how faithful God is to his word. Remember how faithful God is to his promise. Remember that when we are walking through a situation and we tell you, just put scripture all over your car and have it as a screensaver on your phone and, and keep repeating it back in your head day after day. The reason why we do this is to, to keep reminding you about what God speaks to you. And the amazing thing is that it says by this time next year. So God changed their names a year before their, uh, their promised son Isaac was born. So she does conceive. His name's Isaac. But a year before, God changed their names to Abraham. So it was Abram, meaning exalted father, to Abraham, meaning father of multitudes, father of nations, father of many. And to, from Sarai, meaning my princess, into princess of all, mother of nations. And so for a year, they had, to stop call, they had to start calling each other by the name God gave them, by the promise and the identity that God gave them. They weren't allowed to go back to Sarai and Abram, but their new names are Abraham and Sarah. So for an entire year. And what happened is that is when things started to shift and change over Sarah's life, where we actually start to see faith come inside of her. And uh, so, so the name change is huge. So what you're speaking over yourself and over your situation is a really big deal. So here's the cool thing. We're, I'm going to read in Hebrews now, Hebrews 11. This is the New Testament. It says, by faith, Sarah. For me, just summarizing this life of Sarai, I would have never thought that I would read in the Bible, by faith, Sarah. Like, she seems like the most faithless person <laughs> that I have ever met. But it says here in Hebrews 11, it says, by faith, Sarah. What, Sarah? Yeah, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. Wow, this does not sound like her. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful. This is where we see a change. She has judged God faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead was born as many as the stars of the sky in, multi in multitude. So... It is pretty incredible that not only did she have this mega delay, a 90-year-old delay, and uh, the delay in childbearing years, she was also, she was past childbearing years. So it was almost like a double dead, a double dosage of this is definitely not going to happen. But God, but God, but God, he is faithful. And she turned her faith around that even in her old age, she believed in him. So this is where we see the turnaround. And then finally, Isaac was born. The promise, the beginning of nations, the birth of royalty. It traces to when Jesus was born through the lineage of Abraham. And uh, Jesus is our reigning king. So the true birth of royalty happened through that line. So... Uh, number two, I want to go over the, the wisdom of age. The wisdom of age. I was thinking about this. If we could interview Sarah 
in her 90-year-old self, I want to know what she would say. And you know the song, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? I think Mary did know because she actually knew the story of Abraham and Sarah. So she was actually to look at the story of Sarah and be like, okay, I'm going to look at this and this and this, and I'm going to learn all of this from you, Sarah, and I'm not going to screw up what God told me. So thank you, Sarah, for going before us. But the wisdom of age. So it is good to listen to people who have some years on us. Job 12, 12, it says, wisdom belongs to the age and understanding to the old. Proverbs 16, 31 says, gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained by living a godly life. Okay. So here is what I think uh, Sarah would be saying to us after all of these years of delay and heartache and the ugly side of her, the whole thing. Number one is she would say, even through delay and death, all things are possible with God. All things. I think she would quote 2 Timothy 2.13 where it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Talking about God. Number three, wait on the Lord to do his will instead of trying on your own means. Number four, she would say, believe and put your heart, uh, put in your heart what God tells you instead of laughing and mocking at the idea. Because when, uh, when we read about the story of Mary, it said that when she was given that word from the angel, she, she kept it in her heart. It was something that she pondered inside. So I think Mary really did learn some lessons from Sarah's that I'm not going to mock this word that was given to me, but I'm going to keep it in my heart and hold it dear. Um, Another one is rejoice before the miracle happens, not after. In Sarah's world, we see that she was rejoicing after, but in Mary's world, she was rejoicing before. So put your faith in God's supernatural over the natural. Good life lesson. And then the last one I felt she would say is, you know, before God gives you cities and nations, he gives you small responsibilities. Before God gives you many people to serve, he'll give you one person to serve. In her case, that was Hagar. So the parable of the talents, what you overcome now will determine what you have the authority in in the future. Very good. Yes. All right. So now we're going into the third part of the message, and uh, it's the crown of completion. So we are hearing Sarah's story We interviewed her at her 90-year-old self, what some wisdom she would give for some life lessons that we can learn. And now we're going to go into the crown of completion. The crown of completion. So the, uh, it's her promise fulfilled, her promise purified, actually, is what I want to touch on with the crown of completion. So there's actually, there's a final act that uh, when God tests Abraham uh, to see if he'll obey God by giving him what's most precious, what he waited for for a hundred years, what was impossible, 
he saw God deliver, and that is what God is asking him to give, a sacrifice to God. The final act. I'm going to go over these scriptures really quickly because it shares the story. It starts in Genesis 22. Too. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. I'm going to come back to only son. Whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. What's really interesting is the Mount of Moriah is also the same mountain that uh, Jesus was uh, nailed to the cross on. And so now I'm going to go uh, later on in Genesis 22. It says, But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. So we're at the point where Abraham is tested by God. He's asking him to bring Isaac to sacrifice him the son that is the promised son that he's waited for a hundred years for, the promise where nations would be birthed out of, all of that, he's asking, God is testing him and saying, will you give that most precious thing to me? And so just like how Jesus had the cross over his shoulders and had, it was the wood that he went up to the cross to be nailed on, Isaac was carrying the wood up the mountain and was going to be sacrificed. It's a very heavy story, but sacrificing something that is the most precious. So here we have an angel say, say uh, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he, the angel said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its thorns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Amen. And, G and Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Which is also prophesying about Jesus, the Lamb of God, who was to be sacrificed. And, and it's him where we're at now. <laughs> um, then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing, and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you. And multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of your enemies and your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So his only son his only son. I was a little caught up by that because we knew that Abraham did have another son from Hagar, the servant. And I'm like, well, what about Ishmael? Because that's the son of Hagar and Abraham is Ishmael. 
What about Ishmael? And you're saying Isaac is your only son. What about little Ishi? <laughs> little Ish. <laughs> but that's the thing is that it was his Ish. So the Bible is actually really good at parables and having us understand something deeper. And so Ishmael, the ish, represents the things that we do outside of God. That's our ish. It's our Ishmael. And Isaac represents a staying in faith and belief and trusting in God where he can do the impossible in us. That, that's our Isaac. And so I was like, God, if you're having him like sacrifice his son, couldn't he have just like said, well, what about Ishmael? <laughs> Can we just sacrifice the ish? Because Isaac is my promised son. Like I waited a whole like a hundred years for Isaac. And like, come on, man, all of the pain and heartache that I went through for these 100 years, like it's just totally impossible. And you want me to give you my Isaac? Can't I just give you my Ishmael? <laughs> I want to give you my Ish. But God is asking for the things that are the most precious to us. He's asking us to give him our all. I know that we'll come to church and we can, you know, give God our ish. Sometimes we get to, we've, we like focusing on our ish, you know? Like it's the stuff that we're not super proud of. Like, yeah, the time when I was abusive and beat up Hagar, I'm not super proud of that moment, you know? And, you know, the just... The ish, it, it follows me around. It reminds me of my shortcomings. It reminds me how I try to do things on my own. God, can you just like take care of that and I give that to you? And can you help it just like, just forget it, help me forget about it and live like a happy life, you know? And he says, yes, I will cover your ish. I'll cover your ish, Ishmael. But what I want from you is what is most dear to you. And he, God himself, sent the thing that was most dear to him, his only son. So he is not asking us to do something that he did not do. Because it sounds offensive, you know? Like, God, you want the best for me? Like, tithes and offerings, you want the best? Can't I just give you the ish, but not my best? And he wants you to honor him and believe him again for all things, even if it's the promise that has come to pass, even if it's something that you have believed for and struggled with and wrestled God with for years upon years and to now a hundred years that you have been wrestling. He wants to test and see how pure, how, how purified is your, your crown, the purity of it. So God won't count our ish against us, but God will reward us and crown us with what we do not withhold from him. So he crowns us by trusting in him from the beginning to completion. From beginning to completion, even if he asks us to give us something that is the most precious to us, 
can we trust him? God crowns things you did in faith, not in flesh. And so when we get to heaven and we get to cast our crowns to him, it's what we did in faith. It's an actual offering to honor God by our belief and our faith and our complete trust in him. So Sarah's crown of completion. And she and her husband, Abraham, they end up on the Faith Hero Hall of Fame. The faith chapter in the Bible, Hebrews 11. The, it's like, what? Like I, you know, when I'm looking into this story, it's not like I love Sarai. Cause you know, all the ish that she came with, right? But yet she's still in the Faith Hero Hall of Fame. She still ends up in that. So it's a little annoying, but she's there. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, she was mean. She didn't serve people under her well at all and didn't really have a lot of her faith like her whole time in her life until she got to be 90. <sighs> Yet God in his mercy redeemed her and crowned her. The moral of that story is that it is never too late in God. It is never too late. In Psalm 103, four through five, it says, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. In Psalm 65, 11, you crown the year with your goodness and your past drip with abundance. So God wants to crown your year today. He wants to crown your year. And we can think back on our year and we can think of our failures. We can think of our Ishmaels. And yes, we can give God our Ishmaels today. We can give God our Ish. But can we also give the most precious thing to us, all the good, all the blessings. And can we put it back in God's hands? I wanna keep my, my blessings, you know, like you work hard for that. <laughs> it's hard to have faith sometimes when you don't see the circumstances around you. But to be able to honor God by giving it back to him, that's when the impossible happens. That's where we get to see blessing, I will bless you. Blessings, I will bless you. It's a continual blessing, a shower of blessings over your life that only God can do. You, you believed in him and you trust him one time and this is what happened. He's gonna continue to do it again and again and again and again. So to be able to put everything, the most precious thing to him is a big deal, to sanctify. That's what I felt God say, is today can we sanctify are all to our heavenly father. Can we set apart the good and sanctify it to him? So it can turn into, yep, that was good. That was a blessing. And to me sanctifying it, saying, God, I, I still surrender this back to you. This, it was you who gave it to me in the first place. So I'm gonna give it back into your hands. That with sanctifying that, he's gonna make it not good, but holy and your crown will be completed for what he's crowning you with this year. And he's our heavenly father, he's our provider. You'll see the, impos the impossible in your life. 
So he crowns you this year with his tender mercies. In his goodness and redemption and mercy, can we put our trust back in him? So the Lord truly is the one who overcomes all. And he wears the victor's crown and he crowns you this year with victory. That's who he is. And so there's something really special to, before we jump into the excitement of next year, to really look back and honor him with all the good and all of the blessings that he's given us. So let's stand to our feet this morning. And we can learn from the life story of Sarai where it's never too late. It's never too late. Maybe you're in a circumstance that you just feel hopeless, like the beginning of Sarai's story where you felt hopeless and you feel like, nah, I just have an incredible amount of unbelief. Maybe you're at the season of life where God is reminding you again of the word that he spoke over you. He's reminding you again of his word, of his scriptures. And for you to this next year, to be able to soar in 2024, you're going to be speaking the word daily over your life. You're going to be speaking the identity that God gave you over your life in 2024. Maybe you need to have a year, just like how Sarah and Abraham for a year started to have to call their names differently. I now call you Abraham, I now call you Sarah. And then a year later, boom, the promise was born. And you are a child of promise. God loves you. You are his royal priesthood. You are chosen. You are set apart. And so thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done. So let's pray together. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord, for your word for this morning, God, that you have a crown that you want to give us. You want to crown this year with your mercies and your kindness. God, that despite our shortcomings, despite how we may have responded and acted, and we didn't act like princes or princesses maybe this year in some circumstances, but Lord, uh, we give you all of the ish. We give you all of the ish, and we give you our Isaacs. God, that you test us, God, to, to um, if we're able to give you our all, everything that's even most precious, to not hold anything back from you. So God, I thank you today that before we step into the new year, we are looking back and we're making crowning this year with honor. We're crowning this year giving praises to you. We crown this year with uh, saying, God, I put this back in your hands. And God, that whatever blessings you gave, you gave me, I put it back in your hands and you will multiply and you will continue to bless. And I thank you, Lord, for the trust that I have put in you again. And forgive me of my unbelief, God. Forgive me for the ways that I have mistreated your word. God, that this is an ending of a great year of the issues and the Isaac. So, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. 
For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.